it was last, was it last Sunday night that we, yes it was, last Sunday night we were talking about uh, koinonia and, and uh, this idea of, of fellowship. And so again, I was there this morning, look at Acts 2.42. It's uh, the, the text that's going to get us into our discussion as we talk about uh, fellowship and those things. I want to talk about some practical things. If, if we can hear each other, I'd, I'd love to maybe hear a response if you have something you would like to share about that. But Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves, and I'm going to preach on this next Sunday morning, uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and the breaking prayers, breaking the bread and prayers, and all came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together, had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking and bread the homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. And verse 47, and praising God and having favor with all people, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And probably one of my favorite, well, I love the book of Acts anyway because it's just so many wonderful practical pictures of how to do church as a pastor that's kind of important how do you do church and you know you can go to experts and read books and go to workshops and a lot of practical things but really if you just take the word of God and, and mimic scripture what what did what works for them should work for us right and sometimes we overthink it it was good enough for them it made a pretty good impact they, they seem to do a pretty good job of following the Lord's will um one of the dangers that I do see in our current world, and I guess you could say it in whatever setting you're in, you could probably say the same thing in that setting. You know, it could be if you are a little bit older, you could have said the same thing years ago. Um, I can say the same thing now. One of the things that I see that is dangerous to me is that I mentioned that this morning. We're, we're creating this sense of uh, church becoming a, a presentation, a a show, a gathering, uh, of a performance, you know, we've got with technology, uh, you know, everybody, you know, you take somebody like myself, I know that I stand up there on Sunday morning and preach my guts out, exhausted from bear wrestling all week, you know, and you, 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 you preach your guts out and then know that y'all can go home and click on the internet and see one of the top preachers in the whole United States. And, Man, that guy can preach. I wish John would preach like that. You know, I wish so. You know, that in, in, in our that is kind of an ep epidemic in our culture that, you know, we've got all these means that we can click online and, you know, online churches. You just stay home, you know, just listen to that guy and, and buy his books and just stay home. And our relationship is me and the Lord and, and nothing else. And that's sad. I see a lot of churches kind of buying into that, the, the drawing in and drawing in. And, you know, and I, you know, it's always easy to pick on somebody else's ministry, by the way. You know, and so it's easy for me to pick on what everybody else is doing. You know, we, we, we dim the lights and we put the spotlights on here and it's Joy and John and, you know, all that's taking place up there and it becomes almost like a, a gathering of comfort and you know, we just leave. Well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to be one of those that, that does that. And I think that uh, the health and the strength of the church is what we do on Sunday morning at 1045. 
But that's just a small aspect of what we need to be about the rest of the time, the day by day. I'm, I don't want to preach next week's message now, but the day by day is what made the, the New Testament church what it is. And so I do think, and I shared with uh, some folks earlier today, one of the, the we have a, a great blessing here. We have a beautiful sanctuary. You know, beautiful. I've never had anybody walk in this building and go, what an ugly sanctuary, you know. But I have had so many people walk in and go, what a beautiful sanctuary. Uh, gosh, I would love, I've had pastors have meetings here. Boy, I'd, do any, I'd give you anything to have this as a sanctuary. You know, it's just beautiful. But you know, one of the, the disadvantages we have, our sanctuary. We come in, we sit here. We come in, we sit here. We come in, we sit there. We come in, we sit there. And it's like quadrants, you know. This is my quadrant. This is my quadrant. That's my quadrant. And we're not doing it intentionally. It just kind of happens. And so what happens when you have a larger sanctuary like this, we kind of, we gather and we sit and we go to Sunday school and we come in the same door at the same time and we sit and we sit and we sit. And a lot of times in churches that have a, a sanctuary like ours, we lose that, that true fellowship of really getting to know each other. Um, I, I like using examples. And so... If you were included in this last week, I'm not singling you out, but there was just some things that were said that just, you know, shows me that I think I'm on to something. Uh, we had a lady visiting last Sunday morning on a red shirt. And so um, as the pastor, I picked up on it. Visitor, red shirt. And so where they were sitting, I just went and introduced myself and I, I started asking people, hey, if you get a chance, there's a lady in a red shirt, left quadrant in the red. Now, I don't want to read too much into this, but this is what was said five or six times. Which one is she? What does that mean if I look into a quadrant and somebody tells me, that there's a woman in a red shirt and I go, which one is she? What is that telling me? I don't know the difference between who the visitor is and who the visitor is not. Now that's just a real problem. And so now, none of us are going to be perfect because if you're in the choir and you're in the praise team, you don't have a chance to get down. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to remember where the books of the Bible are at 1045, much less whose people's names are. And I, I get that and we sit down. But gosh, I would love for us to be a church that where we don't have to ask which one of those is the first time visitor. That we just know it. We know who, who is here and who is not here. Uh, you know, that we know the, the, the needs that people have in our church, that we're excited who they are. And, and that, to me, is, is what I'm looking at when I start talking about this koinonia-type uh, fellowship. I spent a lot of time last Sunday night talking about things. I want to kind of pick up where I left off because I do think that every church needs to work on doing what it needs to do to create an environment of good, healthy fellowship. You know, uh, how, can, how can we do that? And I shared a little bit of this last week, so I'm over, you know, my last little section I'm going to re reiterate. We do have to be intentional with it. We just really need to be intentional to do what we need to do to get to know one another. Um, you know, I, I thought this was kind of neat. I talked to Brantley today, and 
they, they just joined a church, him and Katie, and they had a, a member interview. Their church has membership interview. And one long ago that we didn't even have new member classes. Now we have new member classes, and they also have a new member interview with the staff of the church. And you would think, well, that is ridiculous. Well, have we got to be interviewed to go into the church? You know what took place in that interview? Tell us your story. I'll tell you my story. So he, he knows how that staff member came to know Christ and how he was called into ministry. But this is how that interview ended. Brantley and Katie, where are you in your life right now? What are the needs you have as a, as a young couple with a new baby? What can we do to pray specifically for you? And then the, I thought, man, that is incredible. That as you become part of a church, you're being asked, where are you in your life and how can we pray for you? Because you're entering a family. This is not a, a Sunday morning experience. If you want a Sunday morning experience, there's a big old church on the interstate they called Six Flags Over Jesus. You can go to that one. There, there was a church in Gainesville, Georgia, that that's what people called it, Six Flags Over Jesus. And, uh, you know, big church, you know. I always like to talk about the big churches because, you know, it's always easy. We always talk about the big churches unless we win that big church. But, it's, I mean, Six Flags Over Jesus. We, we want you to, we're going to minister to you. And we want you to minister to us. And this was what else I had. Brantley was sharing about what they were doing in the previous church. And he said, Dad, I never thought about this. He said, you know, they were, and it's not a huge church. And Brantley was talking about how they were real involved with things at the church. And they moved. And he said, Brantley, this is what I want you and Katie to do. I don't want you to serve right now. Y'all just come and be part of our church and our small group. For, and we're going to try not to ask you to do anything for six months. Like, oh, are they a Baptist church? <laughs> We'll give you six minutes. We'll ask you to do something. It's a Baptist church. Um, isn't that interesting? You know, what, you know I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, thank you, Lord, uh, that my son's in a church like that. You know, that they, they care that much about them. That, that, to me, is biblical koinonia, fellowship. And it's something that we have to work on continuously. So we have to be, in, we have to be intentional with that. I think we also, as individuals, now, we are all different. I mentioned this last week. We are all different. That is a great thing. But we're different by design. And we're a body of Christ. And every one of us needs to be involved with kingdom relationships. Uh, you know, wherever we are and wherever we are in life, this church is not just about me and being part of a church, I am looking to say, what can I do with the way that God has created me to invest in others in these kingdom relationships? So we're going to be intentional. We all are thinking. Now, when you think kingdom relationships, how much did Jesus think about himself when he came as son of God? He didn't. That's a kingdom relationship. We're always thinking about others. What is the most important thing? You know, what can I do for someone else? What, do, what can I give to someone else for, you know, for the kingdom? Number three, uh, we're going to raise, the, you know, I mentioned this last Sunday, I know, raise the bar. That's a, a word I use a lot. Some people may not understand what I mean by that. You, you, you raise the bar of expectations. You know, that's just, we, we, you know, having relationships with one another is just what is expected. That's what we do. 
And it's, it's almost like creating a new culture. That's another word. Creating a culture, raising the bar that we do genuinely do love each other and we genuinely do care about each other and we're willing to do whatever we can do to create these relationships regardless of how we feel or even what we want to do. We're, we're raising the bar as, as an expectation of what's just to be a, a natural overflow of our life uh, as a Christian. I think number four, I just, I, I shared this, uh, biblical creativity with our time and our meetings. Now, I wanted to include the word biblical creativity because I think when it comes to church, we do church the way scripture tells us to. But does scripture tell us to have Sunday night church? No. Does scripture tell us to have Wednesday prayer meeting? Now, don't... You're getting nervous now. Oh, my goodness, we're fixing to do away with all. No. We, we do Sunday night. We do Wednesday night. We do, uh, we, we, you know, we, we're going to do what we need to do, but we're going to do what we need to do. And being creative with what Scripture has told us to do, we don't just have to do what we've always done because it's always been done. And I think that's one of the dangers we have at church. Well, this is what we do. This is when we meet. This is how we do. We don't, you know, we got to, you know, I've, I've had, you know, people tell me before, you know, when, when I, we would start tweaking around on Sunday nights, you know, pastor, we've always got to have, there's got to be a light on in the sanctuary every Sunday night. Where is that in scripture? It's not in scripture. You know, nowhere does it say that, you know, my brother got me thinking about this. My brother was uh, pastoring a church, and he told the church, he said, listen, I can't get three quality messages ready. I'm preaching to the same 20, 30, 40, 50 people on Sunday morning, the same 20 people on Wednesday night, the same people on Sunday night. Can we do something else and y'all just sit and me preach to y'all one more time? Now, I, you ain't not heard me say that. That's what my brother said. You know, and so he said, you know, you know, it's, is it okay that we don't do Sunday night at 6 o'clock with two hymns and an offertory and me preaching? Can we go do ministry on Sunday night, maybe gather in people's home, maybe have prayer time? But see, that would be a, a good way of understanding what do we need to be doing to be a healthy body of Christ? I love sitting up under the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. And I, I could probably do it six or seven days a week if the opportunity arose. But we need to be creative in what we're doing to make biblical fellowship, biblical fellowship. Never straying from the word of God. And then I included five and six. Five is something we've got to work on. That's my job, to make you feel uncomfortable in a, in a Christian way. Not letting you get in a routine. You ever notice how quick we get in a routine? It's my job to make us work on it. Um, we're going to uh, do some things with our greeter ministry. Nothing against our current greeter ministry, but we're going to do more with our greeter ministry. We're going to encourage others to be involved with what's going on uh, and, and welcoming people onto our campus. You ever been to a church that was just so friendly it almost made you nervous? Okay, we probably don't like that. We probably hadn't made a whole lot of people nervous. The only time we've made somebody nervous when nobody speaks to them. Amen. That has happened, but, we, but we, we're going to work on it. That's my job, to keep working on it, keep working on it, work on it. And then number six, we're going to work on it some more. 
Just keep working on it. You know, I, I, how many of you get tired of me making Sunday school statements about tables in Sunday school rooms? Raise your hand if you're honestly tired of me talking about having tables in your Sunday school class. You're lying. Why do I give you a hard time about having a table in a Sunday school class? If you don't know the answer, I'm never going to shut up about it. This is a table. There's only so many chairs I can get around this table, right? So if I put this table in a Sunday school room and 12 chairs fit around it, how many people can come in that Sunday school room? Only 12, unless we put chairs over there. Well, that'd be fun. We're going to sit around this table, but y'all sit over there. So then I come in your Sunday school room and go, hey, welcome, we've got a new Sunday school class. Well, we got our 12. Hey, y'all, y'all, when, I, when I say something you like, you're all for it. I can get more chairs in a room without a table. I mean, what if we had tables in sanctuary? What if we had tables in here? That'd be nice. We can all bring coffee lay our little stuff out and we just take out all the pews and we just put tables in there. Well, that's, that's my job. We're not doing that. But it's my job to continually come through that Sunday school room. Your table's full. What am I saying with my sarcasm little wit when I say your table's full? <laughs> Nobody else can come in your room because your table's full. That's working on it. So that's my job to keep working on that. My wife's got a table in her Sunday school room. If I can't get my wife to do it, how can I get y'all to do it, right? Where's she at? There she is, right? I mean, you know. I know you like your tables. I know that. I've never had a human being say they don't like their tables. Ma'am? Yeah. Hazel, you're consistent. I give you credit. You are consistent. I don't know if it makes Jesus happy, but you're consistent. Hazel said, don't mess with my table. Uh, but that's, that, I mean, that's, that's, I guess you could say that's my job. Has anybody ever been responsible to lead people? And that's what I'm here to do. That's kind of our job to make you think. Y'all hear me coming in the hall. Y'all scoot away from the table because here, you know. It's my job to, to I want to work on that. I want somebody to be able to walk in any door of our facility and feel warm and welcome. That anybody could walk in here and we say, we are so glad that you're here and we want you to be part of that. So I guess, now I'm going to just assume what would happen with these Sunday school room with the tables. When somebody walks in, you're going to say, here, take my spot at the table. That would work, I guess, wouldn't it? But we want people to feel like we want them to be here. Uh, I gave an example about uh, someone feeling uh, involved in a, in a previous church, brand new Christian, came to know the Lord. One of those situations, he wrestled with it uh, for a season. I could tell God was really working with him, and I was really struggling because I wanted him to get saved so bad. But I said, you know what, Lord? I, I'm not going to push him to do something until, well, he got saved. And I asked him to, uh, to um, uh, start handing out bullets. and never forget it. He didn't have a whole lot of money. And I remember he probably went down to the Walmart or just a real basic clothing store and he bought him a brand new suit and a brand new tie and a brand new uh, cross medallion. He looked like a rapper. He had this big medallion on his, on his thing and he was just, and was so excited. It was a cross. He stood there and he handed out bulletins and was just tickled to death. And I told 
the church members, if anybody says one word to him about that cross, I'm going to punch him in the nose. <laughs> I said, he is so excited to be doing something. And who are we to say that he's not, he was just excited because he felt like he was part of something. And that's what I'm saying, working on this, that everybody feels welcome and we are excited uh, that you are here. So beginning uh, the, the first Sunday in October, if it's not the first Sunday in October, it will probably be the second Sunday in October. It just depends on the materials and stuff. And, and, and instead of me teaching in this setting on Sunday nights, I want us to start uh, taking part in some fellowship group, quantity of groups, Sunday night groups, whatever we call them, so that we can take a season to really get to know each other. And if everybody does not, you know, just take this crowd. If all of you are involved with it, praise the Lord. If 10 of you are involved with it, praise the Lord. Because whoever is involved with it is going to get to know each other. Who went to, uh, how many of you went, raise your hand if you went to the Jubilee with your pastor this week, the bear hunter. Do you know how much we know about each other? Do you have any idea how well I know those people? Do you know how well they know me? Why? Because I have spent weeks in a van with them for years and years. We, no hospital visits? Yes. Two years in a row in Gatlinburg, I spent the night in the emergency room, but not this year. Uh, why do I know them so well? How do I know these little, why do we feel so close to one another? Because we've been in, a, in motel rooms together. We've rode in a van together. We've, we've lived life together. How do you get to know people like that? You've got to spend time with them. And so I love preaching and teaching on Sunday night, but I want us to get to know each other better. So the first week in October, beginning at 6 o'clock, we're going to have Sunday night fellowship groups. I'm not going to, uh, we can call them koinonia groups, but then nobody will know what a koinonia group is when you start telling anybody about it. It's just our Sunday night discipleship groups, Sunday night groups, koinonia, fellowship groups. And so what these groups will look like, there's a, a sheet of paper that's coming around. I need you to sign up for it, okay? There's all this, sign up for it. I just need to know who wants to be part of it so I can order some books. The books are $11. Uh, I learned a long time ago, if you buy a book, you read it, so you got to buy it. If I buy the book for you, you won't read it. Okay, so it's $11 to be part of the group. If you, you don't have $11, we'll put you on a payment plan, a dollar a week until it's paid up, okay? Uh, the book's $11, and uh, I, I do would love for everybody to be part of these groups. We're going to start the groups this fall. We've got to start in a hurry before we get to Christmas. But we'll do the initial group this fall, and we'll meet here on campus. We're going to meet here. We're going to divide up no more than about 10 in a group, and we've got all kind of little spots we're going to meet around this church. We've got the entire upstairs of our children's building that's got all kind of rooms around there. We will not, we, we've got all the room we need, so it's not going to be a problem. Uh, I'm working on daycare. I got a plan for that, but I just got to check with somebody about that plan. Uh, so we will start the first week in October. You can go as a couple, but other than that, I'm going to just, we're going to be New Testament. We're going to cast lots. And we're just going to divide up and just somehow, there's got to be some type of computer program you can input names and it spits names out. 
And what I want to do is get us to meet one another and to understand what doing church life is all about. We're going to go through a evangelical Bible sanctification spiritual growth book, okay? Because we need to be students of the word. And if you tell me you don't like reading, you just said you're an uneducated moron idiot, okay? <laughs> Please do not put that online. We're getting videoed. What human being will tell me they don't like to read? I mean, what are you just saying? Are you illiterate? All right, we all need to learn to read, all right? I'm not trying to be funny, but I am. Do not use that as an excuse. I used that as an excuse in fourth grade, and then I did fourth grade again, and then I learned to read. So we're all going to read. We're going to read a book. We're going to challenge us to grow in our understanding and knowledge of the things of the Lord. But here's what's exciting. All right, I like to talk in a group. Would someone be willing to stand, raise their hand and say they don't like talking in groups? I hope there's many of y'all. You just don't feel comfortable talking in groups. Does everybody like talking in groups? Huh? I guess not. I guess so. <laughs> Joy said if they don't like talking in groups, they're not going to raise their hand, okay? <laughs> Kenley's a good example. Kenley will not have to say a word if she does not want to. But could you imagine what it would be like for Kenley to sit in a Bible study group and listen to what God's doing in your life? And as she reads the material and to hear from her church family, this is what God's doing in my life? I mean, that's incredible. That's the goal of it. It's not a lecture. It's not an outline. It's not a PowerPoint. It's just, we've read this material. Here are some questions that the facilitator will ask. And then it's just step back and let God be God through the life of this group. You could sit there. And we're, not, we're not taking prayer requests. Because I'm going to tell you, in a Baptist church, we're not praying. We just want to know what's going on. We'll move on from that, okay? We're not taking prayer requests. We're going to start at 6 o'clock. Somebody will open with a word of prayer, and we're going to immediately go into the topic of that day. Uh, so for every Kenley, there might be somebody like a John. You ever been in a, a small group with somebody? We'll call him Leroy. Leroy just likes to hear himself talk. You ever met that person? You know, you sign up for a Bible study at church, you see Leroy's name on it, you call in sick the rest of the time. Some people just like to hear themselves talk. We've got a plan for the Leroy's. We're not talking to hear ourselves talk. We're not bringing in some vast information that nobody else has. We're not talking about anything other than what we read in that chapter and how it pertains to my relationship with the Lord what truth I've gained how can I live that out what is God doing in your life that's all that we're doing you could sit there and never say a word but you'll leave encouraged and so we're going to go through a book we'll read a chapter we'll meet that Sunday at 6 o'clock and we'll have facilitators in that group we're not going to have just one facilitator lead that group we're going to have facilitators in every group and they will rotate being facilitators. What does a facilitator do? Facilitates. Okay, so here's your homework for the next five seconds. Think about it. Sign up for a group. If you want to be a facilitator, check 
facilitator box. Next Sunday at 4.30, we're going to meet and have a little facilitators meeting and what that looks like. Every study that we're going to go through initially has questions in the end of the chapter. And so if nothing else, that facilitator's job for that week is going to facilitate the questions and the answers that will take place from that. So I'm going to pass this around, sign up for the group. If, you wanna, if, you're, if you're with a, a family, and you know, of course it's common sense, I see Joshua and Lacey. If, if you want to be with someone, a family member, put a little parentheses around it. I've had couples that say, listen, I, me and my wife do everything together. I think I'm going to do this group by myself. That is perfectly fine, uh, perfectly fine. So I'm going to pass that around. I'm not going to like put your name if you don't sign up. And whatever name sign up tonight and next week, I'll begin to, to put those uh, lists and books together. And, and you know, we, we show up uh, that first night. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move on, okay? So let's move on. What are the goals of these groups? Maturity and getting to know one another. One of the tragic things that I have seen in church my 20 years as a pastor is lack of spiritual growth. It's not lack of listening. We've all listened. How many sermons do you think we've listened to? How many? Randy, how long have you been a Christian? Long time. How many, I mean, can you imagine how many sermons? Who's the, who's the oldest person in here? Where's Bill? Brother Bernard back there. See that? 93 years old. He was beat out by some woman, 96, as the oldest person at Jubilee. How dare her show up? You could have won a prize. 93. I mean, sermons. Have you, been in, have you been in church the majority of your life, Bill? When did you start going to church? 86. That's a great. 82. You got to speak up. I can't hear. Okay. Amen. I understand. How many sermons do you think we've listened to? Those that have been at Miss Betty, how long you been at Sunny? How long y'all been in church? How many sermons do you think you've listened to? I mean, just think about that. A lot. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the question. How how much have we gone after ourselves Monday through Saturday that's to me is where it really begins to take off when we read the Bible on our own and, and you know to me Sunday as a pastor you know to me Sunday ought to be a very important time in our life but that should not be the only spiritual food that you're receiving it should be a majority of the corporate time. but So what, what the goal of this group is, is to say, let's learn to just grow on our own. Let's read some good books that are going to challenge us to think about things pertaining to the faith. Now, every book we do, it's not going to be a video book. It's not going to be a, a fill-in-the-blank book. It's just going to be a book. And you're just going to read the book. So if you didn't read that week, you can sit there and not say anything, you know. But the idea is we're learning to read. Now think about being a parent. Can you imagine what it's going to be like to be a parent and raise your children and they see you reading the Word of God and reading books that get you in the Word of God? What kind of culture, what kind of environment are we creating in our own home? 
I kind of grew up in the environment the way we just took our Bible to church. We put our quarterly right there, and then we got to church the next Sunday. We just opened up where it was that Sunday, and we walked into church. That's not a, a real culture that I think uh, we need to be creating. So we're going to be maturing as believers, but we're also going to get getting to know one another as believers. Here, here's something I think is important. Regardless of your personality, introvert, extrovert, whatever in between is, we all have something to give someone else. Now think about that. You could be the most bashful, shy, introverted person in the world, but there's someone that you can pour your life into to help live out the Christian life. Now think about that. You know, what, think of the struggles that you've been through. Think about the, the, the joys that you have been through. Just raising children. Anybody that's raised children has something to give others that are trying to raise children. I need to sit up under some godly grandparents to help me figure out this grandparenting where I don't spoil my grandchildren too bad. And you'll probably say, well, I did, but here's how you can not do it. But we all have something to give. That's what I look into. I look around this room and there's not an individual that I look at that does not have something that they can pour into someone else. The Bible talks about older men and older women pouring their life into younger women and younger men. That is what the church is all about. Not necessarily sitting up under another message by the famous bear hunter John the Baptist. But taking that word and pouring it in to one another. So these groups will focus on those two major things. They're going to be seasonal. I don't have a, a you know, sometimes we, we start something at a church and it becomes a program. It's not a program. It's just doing ministry. We're going to start this fall and do this and then we'll go through Christmas and when January and February rolls around next spring, we'll probably do it again and, you know, it could be. I think it might be a great thing to turn into that, you know, we can do it in people's homes one time. You know, we do it twice a year, spring and fall. Maybe we do it in someone's home at one time. And we wouldn't come back to the church facility at 6 o'clock. Is that, would we be okay with that? I mean, it makes us a little nervous to think about, but we could either come back to church and we can preach, and I'm all for that, or maybe we can be at someone's home and opening up our home and getting to know people. One of the ministries Sharon and I were involved in when we first got married was a salt and pepper ministry. I think it's salt shakers, salt and pepper, something like that. They took the church, people volunteered to be involved with it, and they mixed everybody up, and we had meals with other people. And so here's Sharon, I 20-something years old, went into someone's house, and, you know, we never met them before at our church, and we shared a meal together. Then we got to know each other, and it was a very uh, meaningful type thing. And so these groups are going to be mixed groups, okay? If you want to be with a couple, you need to you know, put it around there. I'm trying to bust up. Who was that that said that to me? Uh, I think it was Janice and Diane mentioned that. You're going to split us up, aren't you? Probably going to split you up. Don't be trying to put parentheses around you, you know. I'm probably going to have to bust Velma and Gloria up too. They, they double trouble when they, they even ride on the... Uh, if you ever hear me say Thelma Lou, I'm talking about Velma. <laughs> the, the second we leave Highlands County, Velma becomes Thelma Lou. I don't know why we do that, uh, but we call her. But there's nothing wrong with that. We need to meet 
other people. So there'll be mixed groups. Um, we will have facilitators. If you want to be a facilitator, you need to check that box. So who can be a facilitator? Anybody that wants to be a facilitator that's a, a, a faithful member of our church and is willing to go through. You can be a youth to be a facilitator. Wouldn't that be encouraging? You can be 93 and be a facilitator. You can be a male and be a facilitator. You can be a female and be a facilitator. It, it doesn't, you know, we're facilitating. Now, the facilitators, what we'll do for those that want to be facilitators, once we get our groups laid out, I will place facilitators in there and I'll probably number them. And then every couple of weeks, I'll say this is week one facilitator. This is number two facilitator. So we're getting a different perspective and different facilitation in there. How cool would it be to be sitting in a group and having one of our youth facilitate? And say, okay, as we get started tonight, you know, and even if you want to facilitate, say, well, I don't facilitate, but I don't want to pray. That's fine. As we get started tonight, we're going to open up with a word of prayer. And then and seeing one of our youth walk through, hey, okay, on our little study guide this week, what, what, as we read this week, what is something God showed us that we've never seen before? How encouraging would that be? How well do you think you'd get to know our youth? How well do you think we'll get to know our senior adults? How encouraged do you think we'll be by one another? Any questions? We've got a few minutes. I know, I mean, last week we, you know, probably a lot of questions. Any, any questions? Let me ask you this. What are some ways that we could be more intentional creating real Koinonia fellowship? You know, one of the things that I like to talk to people about and I get away from it, I need to get back to it. I used to be real good at it. When someone first joined the church, what do we do well? What do we not do well? You'd be surprised what you hear. Because see, we get used to it. Maybe you're new to this church or maybe you come from a different church or maybe there's just something. What, what, what are some things as a church that we could do that would be a, a, something the Lord has laid on your heart or something you think would be kind of neat to create more intentional koinonia, real biblical fellowship? Anybody? Assign a mentor. That's pretty good. Assigning someone, that, that, that's good. Assigning a mentor to people. I could see that coming. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, you're talking about being a mentor. I've, uh, I've asked Miss Brenda Longshore, we've got to figure out a, a, a time to do it a Sunday night. Uh, I want her to come share a way that we can be mentors in our community. And be a mentor to young people. What a what a great idea that the superintendent of the school system is asking people to come mentor kids in the school system, and she's asking her church to do it. Let's see. Would that be a good idea for me to mentor a child in the school system? I think that's a pretty good idea. What about mentoring each other in the church? Like Gail said, yes, sir. Sharing more, is that what you're saying? Sharing more about how we witness and, and 
you know, being able to share more. I was greatly encouraged at Cracker Barrel when the lady said, hey, we could tell that lady was kind of having a rough day and da-da-da-da-da, and we just asked her, hey, what, how can we pray for you? You think that encouraged us? You think that encouraged that lady? You think that encouraged people uh, at uh, that Cracker Barrel? What are other ways that we, I know one of the things we, I, I see often is we got to get out of that Sunday morning, we just, we get in here and we get in a, a routine. We, we just get locked into us. We got to get away from that. We've got to somehow create a way that we, we're, our head is up, we're looking around, we're looking back. Who can we look at? Who can we pray for? Who needs a tap on the shoulder? Who can we rub in? We've got to get away from our Sunday catch up with one another and, and, and look up and look out and, and figure out a way that we can greet people and be more effective ministering to people. That is something I see. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, opportunities for more corporate prayer. That's a good idea. You know, think about, we will pray in our Cornelia groups, but it's not going to be, a, you know, a prayer request time. I think sometimes we spend a lot of time taking requests, but not a whole lot of time praying. Anybody else? Having a, a, a Sunday school classes where we adopt each other. An older class, that'd be a good way to mentor. An older class adopting, adopting a younger class and a, a younger class being part of, a, of an older class. You know what a lot of churches are doing now, and it's nothing new, uh, multi-generational Sunday school to where you go in in a Sunday school setting and there's just all kind of different ages. That's not for everybody. But sitting around doing doing life, that'd be the next thing that I'd stir up on Sunday school. That'd do it, wouldn't it? That bite did you in when I told you you wasn't going to use LifeWay for a quarter. I gave you your own material to do that. that. Could you imagine me saying, hey, next semester we're all just going to mix up Sunday school and get to know each other. That might be it right there. Other ideas? Yes, sir. You, you, there, there's, yeah. Greg is saying, and Greg has been involved with this ministry for years, and, and is, is he, when he even joined the church, he shared with me that that's his heart, is encouraging people to open up in a, in a small group setting and kind of learning where people are and helping them through it. Uh, you know, now we, you know, one of the things that can get real sideways in some of these groups is you, you go off on theological tangents and, you know, you, you start talking about weird stuff you saw on TV and all that. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about people talking just to be heard. But what we're talking about is creating an environment where someone can say, I just need somebody to pray for me. Or here's a, here's a struggle that I have. Here's something that, you know, I have seen. Help me through that. One of, the, one of the great things in a group like this is helping people grow in their understanding uh, of the things of the Lord. So, time is drawing near. First week in October at 6 o'clock, we'll start in these groups. 
No one, not everyone has to do it, but there's not going to be another option. There's not going to be, we've got groups going on and I'm going to meet in here and preach and teach. I think that defeats the purpose. I think it's just a, a time that we can say, okay, for the next, next couple of months, October, November, we're going to be gathering all over this church campus at 6 o'clock and we're going to be walking through a very, you know, I will have to read a chapter of a book a week and as we gather in there, I don't have to say a word, but there's going to be people in that group facilitating and we'll be discussing the things of that book and we're going to get to know each other. People that sign up for it, you can stay together as a couple, put a little, little paragraph if you want to stay together as a couple, as husband and wife. I don't care if your children come, but if you don't think your children could sit there through that, then we will provide child care. I've got a plan. I just got to finalize that plan. We will provide child care. For that hour, we will provide something that small children can sit through. But I think it'd be incredible if you wanted your children to sit with you and let them sit in that group. The group is going to be no more than 10, and we'll be in a Sunday school group. If you want to be a facilitator, check the box. Next Sunday at 4.30, we're going to meet, and it'll be just a, here's how to be a facilitator. Uh, we'll begin to discuss that and answer any questions. It will be from 6 to 7. Everybody say 6 to 7. What time does it start? What time does it end? All right, I told Dr. Whitney that when he was sharing with us. I said, listen, you got to be done at 1030, okay? You got to be done at 1030 when we're doing Sunday school. I said, now, when you go to preaching, that's on you because you'll miss the flight. So I said, you can preach over if you want to. Six to seven. I don't want to be sitting in here at 930 and Frank still telling the same story he told last week to 930, you know, about his emergency room visit at Jubilee with Pastor John. I don't want to hear that, you know. Six to seven, seven o'clock, we dismiss. We're all here and we, we, we go home together. It'll be mixed, young, old. You do not have to do it. I will see the list. I'll probably look at you funny if you don't want to do it. I still love you. Uh, if 10 do it or 800 do it, I'm going to be excited. So then the end of those, somewhere in the end of November, I'll let you know I'll have a calendar. We'll kick right back up to six o'clock in here. And we'll do what we're doing. And then probably somewhere in the middle of January, we'll do another little session here, probably on campus. And then we'll kick back into summer. And then maybe by next fall, I would love to see more intentional groups. We might have some topical groups to where you are. You know, I'm a, I'm a young couple and I want... Uh, somebody to take me through a parenting class. I, I might be a little breakout group here, a breakout group there, but for the start of it, it's going to be mixed up. Um, I'm 99% sure the original book I wanted to use is out of print, um, but since most of us come to church, we're not going to go through some, you know, ABCs to being a Christian, um, I'm pretty sure, uh, I've got to, I got to finalize, I'm pretty sure we're going to be going through uh, Trusting God by Jerry Bridges. And Jerry Bridges is a conservative evangelical Christian. He wrote the book a few years ago. He wrote a newer version of it in 2017. And even if you read the bio, Jerry Bridges says something along this lines. I wrote this book when I was going through a tough time and I realized the love of God had for me. And it's Trusting God. The reason why I like the book is so phenomenal read. It's one of those books every Christian should read anyway. 
uh, and it's got some great discussion questions in the back. And so as you read it, that becomes the facilitation uh, of our groups. Sign up if you want to take part. The books are $11. I'll order the book. Uh, I don't want to put anybody in a bind, and now you got to pay to come to church on Sunday night. Uh, we just don't have a line item to buy all the books. And so it would be very helpful this time of the year. I make everybody on the budget committee very nervous when I start saying we're going to buy all these books and uh, we don't have money to take it out of. $11, the books come in, and then if you want to be a facilitator, we'll meet next Sunday night at 4.30 to talk about that. Any questions about these groups? Yes, ma'am. You can invite people to join you, but it is more of a disciple group rather than like an evangelism group, but it could be a great opportunity for someone to sit and be part of that. They would come with your group, yes. There are some logistics that need to be worked out. We, we've got to somehow have a, a means of, of being here at 6 o'clock when somebody walks in off the street and looking for church. They say, well, we're going to work that out, and we'll be able to let people know they can slide in a group somewhere or give them that choice. Um, but uh, we're, we're, there's no other option other than the groups, other than the groups. we got snowbirds coming back. We do have snow. Yes, ma'am. If you'll, if you'll sign up for a group, even if you know you can't be here the whole time, sign up for a group and get the book. And just, it, It's designed to just join in. You know, you can't. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it, it's not a, it's not a, like, like, you know, Raleigh was saying, it, it's not going to be a, a perfect system a snowbird comes midway through, uh, but it's, it, it, I think just stepping into a group and being in that setting and just as the discussion goes, even if that first Sunday you're going, okay, I didn't read, but then that next Sunday it will just, it will just take off. So excited about just the possibilities of us truly hearing the heart of one another and seeing what God is doing in our lives and what God has done in our lives and what he wants to do in our lives. Okay, any questions? All right. Well, let me close this in prayer for tonight. Lord, we, we love you. We thank you for the church, the body of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for just the church being the church. And I pray that in the weeks ahead that uh, even some of us that may be uncomfortable with a small group setting or sharing or, uh, Lord, I know in my own life, struggling with the vulnerability of opening up and letting people see us for who we are. Uh, but, Lord, what a great opportunity for the church to just be the church. We're wired differently. We're created differently. Our personalities are different. But, Lord, there's one Savior, one faith, one gospel, and one church. And that is what is so remarkable and incredible. And we have to thank you for that. And so, Lord, as we go this week, let us be a witness. Let us share the good news of Christ with the world that so desperately needs to hear it. And this we do pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.